0: All right. Hi, everybody. This is Matt Ryan. I believe we're on episode six or so of uh, the Matt Ryan Show, which we have aptly renamed uh, All Roads Lead to Real Estate. And I think that is uh, a very good segue, if you will, to the guests that I have here. And so I have a guest with me that is uh, a past client of, uh, God, how many years now have we known each other? About
1: three. That's
0: it. Yep. I was going to lie and say much longer than that. I thought five or six years. So. No,
1: it was three years. <laughs> I'm just fast with <laughs> acquisitions.
0: That's true. So she's uh, bought enough homes for most people's lifetime in three years. Maybe that's why I feel like I've known you <laughs> so long. It's a good way to get to know someone uh, very well, very quickly. And so uh, so Dr. Yana is uh, what I'd consider a friend now at this point and Nicholas. just uh, love you to death and so i wanted to have you here on the podcast because i think you have a unique perspective when it comes to investing and you have a unique perspective uh, on life in general and you have a very fascinating story and it's just been a joy to get to know you better and so what better way to showcase what's in your head on a little podcast
1: Thanks for having me, yes. Matt. I'm pretty flattered. Yeah. My head is growing bigger as we speak, but well, shoot don't away. be. By the time
0: we're done, I'll bring you right on back down to earth. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I always like to get started with just telling some highlights, and so let's let's focus on kind of current, and then I want to take us all back a little bit mm-hmm. because I think your story is interesting and very relatable. But, um, so let's first discuss the real estate side of things. Um, so how many homes um, do you own at this point?
1: Well, not cons- uh, not counting my primary residence. I now have uh, three townhouses and two single houses, so five in total.
0: So mm-hmm. five in total, and mm-hmm. you've acquired these pretty quickly.
1: Yes, I would say within uh, two and a half years.
0: Yes, (laughs) which is why I feel like I know you so well. And so you've been able to acquire quickly. And so what makes that unique is that you've been able to take the things that you've learned in life and you've applied them here. You also have a slightly different model than some of my clients that have heard me speak and discuss my investment strategy. I own a bunch of homes as well. And so um, yours is slightly different. And so you do uh, some assisted living.
1: That's correct.
0: And so I think you mm-hmm. have a perspective and knowledge from the medical side of things mm-hmm. that make you able to understand that world in a way that a lot of us can't.
1: Well, I am a clinical geneticist by trade, and my doctorate is actually in um, health policy. So I was learning about different ways uh, of um, medical uh, um, sphere for Pretty much a long time and uh, uh, for about 22 years uh, I um, am uh, a co-founder and a partner in uh, the company that does community-based healthcare so normally what we do we send people uh, to the people's houses and we provide any kind of services that could be safely delivered beyond the hospital mm-hmm. so it could be something as simple as help with activities of daily living or something as complicated as uh, a recovery post acute hospitalizations so it could be skilled nursing it could be physical therapy occupational therapy Medical infusion, medical social work, you name it, we do it. So, for a pretty long time, um, we noticed that our population, our uh, patient population, ages. So, the services that could be safely provided uh, at home are not enough for them. So, that is how we started to look into the whole idea of assisted living facilities. And With our luck, we started to look at that just before the pandemics. And at that point, the whole model of the large nursing homes kind of came crashing down. So we realized that uh, the best scenario for our population uh, would be to have a smaller scale, um, four or five bedrooms, uh, assisted living facilities so that is why uh i came to matt because i started to look for a small house in towson about four bedrooms five six patients and that's how it all started we did not find that house at that point but uh, we bought a townhouse for my son then we bought uh, a building for assisted living facility in baltimore city then we bought another townhouse on the same block uh, where my son's townhouse is then i bought another potential assisted living uh, facility in Glendon, and uh, literally about what three weeks ago yes. three weeks ago i bought yet another townhouse on the same block so Matt is teasing me about my uh, strange desires to acquire the whole block and town. They're so, gonna
0: all have to just give in at some point. So you're coming in.
1: Uh, yep, that yeah. would be optimal uh, situation. I don't think that is going to happen, but slowly but surely, it proceeds.
0: Well the the town ha- the townhomes make a ton of sense, and I'm gonna do a podcast with my investment. Uh, criteria, and that really falls in line with what mm-hmm. we've discussed and what I do with a lot of clients, a lot of what I own. Um, very easy to maintain. The The numbers make sense. It's logical for long-term ownership. It's in a mm-hmm. great area to rent. Um, the spread between a mortgage versus rent is is excellent. There's a lot of good reasons there um, to own them, and, and grouping them together the way that you've done that makes a lot of long-term sense. And I so. Hope so. I <laughs> hope so. Well, you're renovating this last one. It's It was in disrepair. So you're the right owner that is going to bring that baby back to life. And so um, I think we as investors do a lot for the community. So we have the potential, should I say, to do a lot for the community.
1: Right. But the thing happens to be that I am of mind that the stingy one pays twice. So I prefer to do everything in the right way from the get-go. Right. When uh, uh, my son and Matt had a look uh, at my last acquisition, uh, the unanimous verdict was a dump. It was. And (laughs) I was kind of veering, thinking like, do I need it? Should I pass it? And then I decided to bite the bullet and just get it, because uh, thanks to Matt, we came to understanding with the seller. Um, And uh, then uh, um, when my contractor, whom I love dearly, uh, came over to have a look and he showed me his ideas and I was like, okay, let's just do it. So we did that, right now it is pretty much demolished, but uh, um, the kitchen is going to be installed tomorrow.
0: Wow, okay. Yep,
1: so that was fast and lovely.
0: It is, It (laughs) it can be. And so I think part of what I wanted to get out there is that there's an apprehension to get started in real estate. And it's it's one of those things that you're now talking to, right? You're speaking mm-hmm. to someone right here that that hasn't done it for 30 years, right? You're newer, if you will, into the mm-hmm. space, and you've taken to it really, really well. And it's been something that is going to be a legacy of yours as well. So it's something that if you do if if done correctly, um, it's a pretty conservative approach. This isn't a risky um scenario that some people I think you know have a tendency to think it could be and so it's not risk-free but it's not you know it's just not as as terrifying as some might believe it to be
1: it's not terrifying at all i am what i call an accidental real estate investor because trust me i was not going to do that and there is a pretty steep learning curve but um it's not riskier than any other type of investments and uh, you are getting uh, um, something tangible for your risks um yes you do need to have some kind of the risk tolerance because as any other investment real estate is fraught with uh, unexpected matters so, you get a house, and then in two months, you learn that you need to replace something major be it a furnace, uh, AC, or some pump, or something to that effect. Or you might have tenant already in, and then it turned out that uh, the, uh, the uh, pipes are clogged. Right. But the thing is that. Um, I lucked out because I had Matt and my other friends who are seasoned investors as mentors so basically I knew which kind of homeowners insurance to look for what kind of home inspection to invest in what kind of issues cannot wait and should be done immediately and what has a good other 10 years in them, like right. let's say roofing. And uh, technically speaking, uh, when you have a plan and you stick to it and you try not to go over the budget as we all tend to, because we all want to make the new uh, property beautiful for our
0: tenants or for my patients,
1: and then you will be pretty much fine.
0: Right. Well, I, it's I, I admire you for how quickly you've Taking control of of something that some people you know think about forever and never do, and so I've just always been impressed with your ability to understand. And I think it's because you know you're you're exceptionally bright compared to someone as dull as myself. Like <laughs> I'm very bright in a very <laughs> tiny, narrow you know uh, sliver of of what this world has to offer. I'm very good at, it. and then the rest of it, I'm a mess. And so I feel like you've you know I think it's your background. It's been your education. You know, all of that has allowed you to absorb this information so quickly.
1: It's a combination, plus I have pretty high risk tolerance. I am a scientist. I would not be able to start any kind of experiment if I would be sitting and ruminating on the possible outcome. Negative outcome is also an experience, and we would just learn what not to do the next time was real estate yeah it's uh, probably will be more costly than no uh, was just scraping uh, my microscope yeah <laughs> but uh, uh, by the same token it is exactly the same approach and the other thing is that you have to have a desire to learn you have to literally Try to educate yourself on the various aspects as you go so when I first started it was all over the place because uh, I only knew how to do the uh, renovations in a specific way Uh, I was working with people with whom I should not be working uh, not because of their licensure but because of their work integrity um i was not keeping very good records uh, on the very first property and then i sat myself down and uh, i started to literally do the inputs and when i did the inputs i figured out that it's all will be so much better if there is a system if you literally have uh, your spreadsheets if you are literally counting your uh, uh, pennies and dollars and uh, you learn as
0: you go. Well, how would you recommend someone if they're listening to this and they're trying to figure out? You know, I hear this a lot where it's a goal of mine. I want to invest, right? I, I hear about it or I think about it. It sounds fabulous. Where do you start? Like, where does someone begin this process if that's a goal of theirs?
1: I would look for a realtor who is also an investor uh, because that would be the best person to actually introduce you to the field of the real estate investment you can definitely talk to uh, people who are already in there i believe that there are some meetup groups uh, that do that and people just network and share uh, their experiences i prefer to do it one-on-one with somebody with whom you are comfortable and who is trustworthy. So I lucked out with Matt because I was like a sponge, constantly uh, pumping him for the information that he graciously offered and uh, um, absorbing it all. So the best way would be to educate yourself and then take a plunge.
0: Yeah, that's. if I had to answer a similar question, Mm -hmm. I, I would feel the same way. It's assemble a team. And, you know, I, I think getting free information from groups helps, but I think I'm cautious. I used to, I used to join those 15, 16, 17 years ago uh, when I was coming out of college and I, the people that were giving the information and the people in the classroom, I felt like collectively, we didn't know a whole lot. (laughs) Um, I felt like the people that were moving, moving and shaking and doing what they were talking about weren't there it's the way it felt Mm. and i don't know if that's changed i don't attend them very much anymore um or ever anymore um but yeah finding a team and finding someone that has experience specifically to what you're looking for that's great advice and i don't really market what we're describing um i do more retail but it's my passion because it's i think my i don't know i think i might be more passionate about that than anything
1: well you do it on autopilot because when you start uh, uh, selling somebody a house what you do you automatically notice the things that uh, should be addressed you automatically explain whom to talk to you are very generous with sharing your uh, uh, sources from uh, contractors uh, to uh, mortgage specialists, etc and uh, the thing is that when you are doing it i think that you also enjoy sharing your expertise and uh, uh, being a good source because when you are in real estate it's all in relationships because in our case it could have stopped after my first acquisition and then it could be a uh, somebody else, right. because we met by sheer happenstance uh, through Zillow listing, and sure. you were the realtor for this particular listing. Right. So we just hit it off and um, created a team that Culminated in my continuous acquisition
0: <laughs> spree. Yeah, your habit. I'm feeding your habit. <laughs> yes, you
1: are.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. But um, so I wanted to get back to just some background on you. And so, someone that's been able to to jump into this as aggressively as you have. So, I I want to start with just a little bit about your background. So, I know you you um, just left Hopkins a few minutes ago to to come here. So, uh, can you mind just sharing a little bit about your background and kind of. Not at all. Um,
1: it's kind of curvy career path, but I am enjoying it. I'm a Gemini, so I'm pretty antsy, and yeah. I get bored easily. So for me, changing careers and exploring new opportunities kind of comes naturally. Uh, my education, my first education, was in environmental science um my dad was a world-renowned scientist uh, um, a geologist a specialist uh, in geothermal waters uh, and uh, oil geology so i had to uh, become a legacy which i did showed my dad my diploma and told him that now i want to go into linguistics dad was of an opinion that knowing languages i uh, is not by any stretch, any kind uh, of a profession. But since I already had something to fall back on, uh, um, he said, like, okay, you want to learn languages, go ahead and do that. So that is what I did. And uh, then- um,
0: How old were you when you made that switch?
1: I was 22. I was young.
0: Yeah,
1: And- uh, then when uh, we moved to the States uh, uh, basically I decided that I do not want to do anything with environmental science because it called for very lengthy expeditions and field trips and my husband was not very enamored with the idea of not seeing his wife for about three months uh, um, in a row so i started to think about what i would like to do and um, at that point i was working at the hospital and i thought that something associated with medicine like applied medicine would be interesting so i went back to school and uh, got myself a first degree in health science which uh, turned uh, into genetics which turned into clinical genetics and public health. So when I got my doctorate, I was working uh, at uh, the lab for a couple of years, and uh, then I got bored. Hmm. because Which you, lab? Um, it was clinical genetics lab. At? Um, at Sinai. At Sinai. And uh, it is wonderful, but by the same token, uh, um, you do not see what you're doing you do not have your instant gratification so I decided that I would switch to the clinical uh, research which I did Um, and about that time a friend approached me and asked me to join him in establishing a home care company I didn't know about home care pretty much nothing and uh, but i had my degree in health policy so i said like okay i can read yeah. <laughs> so i started reading and we decided to open uh, at first a very niche um home care company which within uh, um
0: a home care company
1: yes uh, I, I don't even know what that means. A home care company means that we, at that point, were providing only non-medical services. Okay. So that is assistance with activities of daily living, like bathing, feeding, toileting, transferring, ambulation, that kind of stuff.
0: It sounds like physical therapy.
1: Uh, yes, but much less involved. Okay. It is literally helping people to live independently in their houses. Okay. Uh, this particular program was invented as a way to help people to avoid going to the nursing homes yeah. so they could get everything that they need and in the properly. comfort yeah right. of their own homes then um our patients started to ask for more involved care so we opened a home health company uh, which uh, uh, provides any kind uh, of post acute care then they asked for the private care so we did that branch then they started to ask for uh, the uh, um, uh, physicians visits at home so we opened uh, a nurse practitioner clinics oh. And uh, the last one was uh, a so-called purse which is personal emergency response systems which is a small devices so that would alert us uh, if the patient falls down or something happens and they need emergent care right so that is how it all started and uh, we were doing it for a very long time uh, both uh, in Maryland um, we're doing it in maryland which is our headquarters uh, in north and south carolina and in new jersey so it's well, comes with its own challenges because it's never a dull moment when you are working with people and uh, that is interesting and that is something that is very gratifying when you help people to leave the lives that they thought or impossible that kind of warms my heart so that's how it was and then as i said we moved to, to the assisted living model which in turn moved me towards real estate investment
0: well i you know it just that it's a logical now you've never laid it out that clearly to me i feel like so it make it it makes sense it's not like you woke up one day and said you know what i'm just going to open an assisted living uh facility but the financials right i go back to financials to say does it make sense and i mean do you think if if you were listening to this and you were like you know what um help me understand the financials maybe if the financials make sense instead of buying a duplex or something for someone i'm going to go into this space Is this something that you would encourage people to think about or research, or do you think, no way, this is way too complex for your average investor?
1: I think that everybody can do that, provided that they are partnering with somebody who is already in business. Um, It's not rocket science, but it is fraught with bureaucracy and Mm -hmm. licensure complications it is not difficult it's very tedious so basically again i'm coming back to my way of dealing with it which is through spreadsheets and trees and uh, uh, schemes and everything in between
0: well it's just what i've seen with your properties is they have very specific requirements in order to get your license regarding you know fire not just fire extinguishers but uh, what what did you just put in Uh, just sprinkler systems fire suppression and just everything i mean you have to have mobility you have to have access it's quite a bit
1: yes uh, it is a lot in terms of the initial investment because in baltimore county for instance even if you have just one patient you still are supposed to have uh, the uh, sprinkler system mm-hmm. uh, you are supposed to have fire alarms you are supposed to have exit signs you are supposed um, to have security you are supposed uh, um, uh, to have the mobility uh, issues be uh, I mean mobility um, uh, specifications like a ramp or any kind of, of the wheelchair lifts, or, or just chair lifts etc it's a lot but again there are schools that are teaching that right. I graduated from uh, uh, Zion Health Institute and Anne Sokka is an amazing uh, uh, teacher and mentor in uh, this respect uh, and uh, um, you can do it you just have to be Patient and persistent. Is
0: there demand for this if I was an investor? Oh, yeah. There, there is.
1: There is a lot of demand, and I'll explain you why. In addition to the population aging, what is happening is uh, that uh, people have no distrust of the larger institutions of the nursing homes, especially after, after COVID. After COVID. So people are looking for the home like models. And uh, uh, what is good is that it this particular field is a great equalizer. Because previously, when we we're talking about assisted living, we are imagining a beautiful mansion and patients who are able to pay five, six thousand per month.
0: Right.
1: Or we are imagining the
0: other spectrum. Right. The
1: other spectrum. Um, but technically speaking, with the current rates, you are able to make a pretty nice income while also enabling people to have not only decent but beautiful life in the assisted living. Well, and uh,
0: some of the homes that you've looked at, I mean, the one in Glendon in particular, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful home and it has grass, it has open space, it's in it's in the historic section. So it's, it's lovely and far superior probably to some of the alternatives that they might have.
1: Correct, and uh, when, uh, let's say we're talking about glendon it's a beautiful house and i can see people enjoying living in it because a lot of people downsize and they don't know what to do until they find either something like a condo or um I don't know, a smaller house, but at some point we all get old and we cannot maintain the houses. And when you live in a condo, it's lovely because everything is taken care of, but the condo fees are killing you. Right. So, if there is a possibility to have an independent living, because in the assisted living, the majority of the rooms are for a singles, unless so that is a husband and wife, or a couple, or a couple of friends. Um, so, you have your independence, but you also have oversight in case you need it.
0: Right. So, if, someone's there in the event you need someone yes Mm -hmm. so if you were by yourself in a condo and you really need someone now what are you gonna do it's challenging um if you are
1: by yourself in a condo i will strongly suggest to get yourself a personal emergency response system
0: you know anybody that sells those?
1: Uh, yes. We do know quite a lot of the companies I uh, that you, I uh, think you can handle it. Yeah. Do that? Yeah. Yes. Actually, my company exactly. is, uh doing that. We, <laughs> I was giving
0: you a little plug there.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. And uh, basically, uh, if God forbid you are in your condo, you went up at night to go to the restroom, you fell down. Right. So you push the button. And you are being connected to the triage. And they will tell you uh, what is going to happen. Can you get up by yourself? Do you need us to send uh, somebody uh, somebody to help you out? But that is where it stops. They will get you up, and then you are again on your your, own. You don't have the possibility to... Make arrangements for the doctor. You don't have the possibility right. to have uh, the needs assessment, etc. So, when you are in the assisted living, if God forbid you fell down, you will be helped up, and then you will be next day, you will be seen by the nurse, right? Who will, uh, um, you know, do the needs assessment day and determine why did you fall? Right. Is it because of the mobility issues? Do you need to?
0: Med- medication change or something yeah it right. could be
1: medication change right. it could be balance issue that would require uh, the physical therapist it could right. be whatever
0: right
1: but you will have somebody who has your back
0: well and since this is a real estate podcast we kind of go mm-hmm. back to the idea of we know there's a need we know there's a financial incentive for us to provide that service and mm-hmm. and and provide that housing and so can you help me understand what the financials look like as an investor if I wanted to learn and educate myself and to go into that space? What could I expect as a return if I was to open one of these?
1: Okay. Let's just go from the bottom.
0: Okay. Let's just
1: go from the lowest reimbursement
0: possible. And which would that be? Is that
1: that would be through Medicaid? the Medicaid.
0: Medicaid. Yes.
1: And Medicaid will pay uh, um, between uh, uh, $1,500 and uh, oh, 2200 per patient, okay? And now? Per month. Okay. Let's say you have a four-bedroom apartment, I mean a four-bedroom house. Okay. And you would like to have five patients. So it will bring. Is there a
0: maximum number of patients I can have with four bedrooms?
1: Ah, uh, yes. So that would be eight, because you cannot have more than two patients uh, per room. Okay. Okay. But you do not want to overload that. You do not want to put people who don't know each other uh, uh, in the same room. You just want to do it conservatively and go okay. for five. Okay. So five times 1500 which is the lowest Um, and then you are taking off the overhead which is about i normally go for 30 percent it is a huge chunk but in my case i kind of build the cushion for eventualities Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen right maybe your home health aid will not show up and you will have to pay for the agency uh, home health aid. or maybe there is uh, some kind uh, of uh um you know maintenance issue or whatnot so i prefer kind of estimate so a blanket a third of it yes still uh, expenses yeah so if you own that house Basically, it will conservatively will bring you about eighty thousand per uh, year.
0: Eighty thousand per year. Yes,
1: so, which is not huge amount, but it is a good way to have uh, a passive income without much involvement, because you will have the uh, um um assisted living manager you will have uh, the uh, delegating nurse, and you will have the uh, um, helper over there, the aide, who will be pretty much doing everything that needs to be done. Right. Um, In my case, because I'm anal, I decided that that I wanted to uh, become an assisted living manager just to know the inner workings of the industry uh for the first couple it works and uh, then you start delegating (laughs) yes
0: well it's like being a property manager before you hire a property manager correct it's you now know okay so now Mm -hmm. i get i have i have an understanding of what they're doing behind Mm -hmm. the scenes and i can manage them more effectively
1: exactly you can supervise and you know what to expect when you are doing your hiring You know exactly what kind of a person you are looking for and how to oversee what they are doing.
0: But as an investor, what's interesting about Mm -hmm. thinking about assisted living, I think A, if done properly, it makes you feel good. You're providing an opportunity for someone to, to live a good life in a way that they might not have access to otherwise.
1: Right. And that is yeah. why I basically moved from uh, the science yeah. uh, to healthcare because yeah. you have that warm, fuzzy feeling yeah. every time you talk to your patients. Yeah. Or when somebody would call you and tell what an amazing visit with your nurse or with right. your home health aide somebody had. Or when the family starts calling you and telling, like, thank you so much, without you, my dad would have been uh, at the nursing home. Right. So it's great. Right. And uh, in my case, I just lost my father in uh, November, and uh, I have no idea how he would have been able to leave us with dignity on his time and on his terms if we would not have. Uh, Wow. If we would not have people who made his life so much easier, yes, I'm lucky because I was able to handpick these people. Sure, but still, understanding how much it matters to people right. and to their families—it's incredibly gratifying.
0: I think. I think anytime you combine that with financial sense, and there's a financial incentive. I think it's just a beautiful thing, and it's something that you've taught me about, and I'm gonna definitely corner you and make you partner with me <laughs> on one of these because I need to learn. <laughs> and, Not a
1: problem, we'll be happy to. <laughs> and
0: I think it's just such a fantastic thing, and just the the rate of return compared to just buying a three or four bedroom, five bedroom home and renting it and earning two or $3,000 a month in rent, let's say, mm-hmm. instead you could earn 7500 to $10,000 a month gross. Mm-hmm and then have expenses but it's still a minimum let's call it of double mm-hmm. the income if not triple that that same property can produce and you're still earning right that the home is still appreciating you're still paying down if you have a mortgage in your mm-hmm. case you don't always do that but if you had a mortgage you're paying down mm-hmm. the mortgage and you're getting equity so it's all the same aspects that we look at when we look at real estate apply mm-hmm. and you just get this additional cash flow and Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't sold one of these, but I've looked at one or two with you where it's a functioning assisted living and you can sell it as an operating business. Could you not? Or is that some, the ones we looked at, they were really mismanaged and horrible. We didn't go, we didn't end up buying it, but I know they exist.
1: They do exist, and actually, a lot of people will be very happy to buy just the business and rent from you. Oh, okay. If you do not want to, to uh, you know, deal with uh, the business aspect of the assisted living, or you can sell it along with uh, the real estate. Right. And uh, trust me just getting a license it will add a lot to the selling price wow because everything is already set up yeah it's already licensed to operate the only things that you need to do is to go through the uh, background check and change the name uh, on the license right which is great
0: well you make it sound easy but i I, I just think it's just another way. I personally hadn't experienced anybody that's gone that route in real estate. I've seen a, a variety of different ways people have done it, but it's just, it's, I just think it's fascinating that that's another way us as investors can choose to get a great cash flow, own real estate, have all these other benefits and give back to the community and serve and improve people's lives. And, you know, I commend you for it.
1: It is uh, a win-win situation. Because being in healthcare, I always had that compassion towards elderly and disabled. Mm-hmm. And so being able to help them out while also making a lovely life yeah. for myself, it's a win-win situation.
0: Well, I know you never fully intend to retire. I know that's not a great <laughs> topic to bring up because uh, you're in discussions now with the husband uh, deciding what you might do next with your life. <laughs>
1: yes uh, uh well the thing is that as i said i am antsy yeah and i'm very easily bored i cannot yeah. see myself uh, sitting down and doing nothing right so i will definitely will continue investing in real estate. Uh, uh, like My goal is to have at least five assisted livings before I retire
0: right.
1: in foreseeable future. And uh, um, I kind of see it as a great passive income, a great way to contribute to the community, and a great way to avoid the boredom of uh, uh, being completely retired if you have assisted livings you are at liberty to travel because the operations are done by the assisted living manager Uh, you have the possibility to volunteer Uh, you have the possibility to work on enhancing the quality of life of uh, uh, your uh, clients because for instance uh, um, in the Carolinas, where we also have uh, properties, uh, we have an arrangement with a musician who comes to all of the assisted living uh, uh, facilities once a month to perform. Uh, we have uh, the young uh, uh, artist who comes over to do the painting classes. That's great, and uh, they are doing everything from mosaics to uh, um, uh, painting one uh, the glasses. So we have somebody who is actually a patient who is a retired uh, um, theater critic. So she is doing lectures. So there is a ton of ways that you can contribute while you are retired. Is this,
0: in your opinion, because now you have both. So is it more fulfilling to operate something like that versus when you buy one of these row homes, townhomes, fix it up and rent it? and almost forget about it in the sense that, you know, once you sign, they sign a two year lease. We don't think about it very often. You know, I don't um, because I set it up. I, I, I improve my properties. I don't buy dumps like, so I don't have a ton to do day to day. And that's truly passive income for me, but it requires very little mind share. Um, is that your, you since you have both, what's, what's your preference the, the
1: I like to have both because if i would concentrate on only one i will probably either become bored or become overinvested and drained yeah so for me it's a happy medium which i kind of like to keep right and uh, in terms of the rentals uh, i'm grooming my son uh, to take over He's already doing all of the property management uh, for our rentals. And um, it is interesting, kind of, to see how it all evolves. And in my case, I have no idea how that happened, but I do know my tenants.
0: Yeah.
1: I do talk to them. I cannot I say <laughs> that I'm friends with them, but right. we become familiar. Right. So. That's like, fascinating. Yesterday, yeah. we were invited for the uh, uh, Brit Mila, which is a circumcision for a little baby boy who was born in one of our rentals. Yeah. <laughs> lovely. Yeah, it is lovely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. I haven't gotten an invite yet from one of my tenants, but maybe it's coming. <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Well, I hope this is inspiring for the mm-hmm. people that listen to it to to just know this is, this is somebody that's in our community um, that... Has decided to learn, educate herself, and get involved. And, um, you know, I just think it offers another insight that there's not one way to do this. And it's going to allow you, like you said, to have a legacy. You'll be able to pass it down, freedom to retire one day and be able to continue to stay active on your terms and travel. And, you know, it's all the reasons I got into it. And, you know, I get to meet people like you along the way, so um, thank you for joining me. I want to keep it from being a three-hour podcast, but I found this just fascinating to just learn more about it, and and we'll include some links uh, below. So if anyone is interested in this and wants to figure out where to go for resources, um, you know, happy to provide those and and uh, go from there. But anything else you want to add as we wrap up?
1: Um, the only thing that I wanted to say is just don't be afraid. Yeah. Stop dreaming start acting build yourself a good and trustworthy professional team and just go for it and thank you matt for having me
0: oh thank you thanks dr Mm -hmm. all right take care guys i'll see everybody on the next podcast
1: bye bye